Here's some money you gave my son. We don't want your charity. I didn't give your son charity. I gave him self-respect. <laughs> self-respect, huh? No wonder he came home with his vest all buttoned, like he was somebody. Go home to your son, Mrs. Muntz, and try not to have intercourse on the way. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review episode 3 of season 16. It is episode FAB F19, Sleeping with the Enemy. I am Dando. I am Guy, and let's start with the all-important question. Dando, how are you feeling? Are you feeling positive feeling about very life? Positive, very positive <laughs> about life. Yes, this is the first post-job uh, episode of Four Figure Discount that we have done. So if you're a fan of our Facebook page, if you're a fan of the show, then you'd be well aware that I quit my job last week so that we can focus here on podcasting and turn this podcasting little passion into a podcast empire so thank you to everyone who has already jumped on board the four figure discount family on patreon and shown your support financially it is a it is just, it's incredible to think that you guys are willing to uh, part ways with your dollar reduced to help support this little passion <laughs> but i do appreciate it we all appreciate it here helping this brand grow um as we always say patreon.com slash four figure discount if you do want to part with some dollar reduced and help get this show growing and growing and growing so we can bring you more and more podcasts on a regular basis but yes uh, i've got plenty of patreon shout outs later in the show we won't get into that but um yes i'll quit my job and to be honest it was pretty scary but i just went if now's not the time then when is the time i've always wanted to do this i've always wanted to turn i i knew that i, I have enough faith in myself and in yourself us as a unit that we can turn this into something but without time it couldn't happen so i sat there and i was at my work desk and i thought what's the thing that's holding me back and the thing that's holding me back is this job. And it's not that I didn't like the job. I love the job. Pop culture is where I worked. Fantastic place to work. Fantastic place. If you're going to buy your, your, your toys and your gadgets and everything nerdy, go to pop culture. But I just knew that this wasn't me. This desk job just wasn't me. Podcasting is what I want to do. And podcasting is what we shall do, Mr. Davis. So I quit the job and now we are going to be full-time podcasters. That is correct. Uh, of course, there'll be you know the odd side hustle to, uh, as we like to say, keep the lights on and keep the wolf from the door. But uh, eventually, it is the uh, it is the dream, it is the goal, it is the desire that we are full time four finger discounters. Yeah, and obviously we're going to be doing the other shows more frequently now because we 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 started doing uh, talking Seinfeld, uh, going down to South Park, uh, the one about friends that I did with Nicola and myself. We do Tales of Future Armor exclusively on Patreon, but it just got to a point where it just became all too much. We I probably bit off more than I could chew, but now that I've got the time and the dedication to make sure those shows come out on a bi-weekly basis, uh, this is this is going to be happening. So every second week, you're going to be getting an episode of those four shows, but Tales of Futurama exclusively on Patreon every second week as well. So if you're a fan of Futurama, just for as little as $5, $5 reduced per month, you get access to that show and early access to all the other shows we do here on the 4 Figure Discount Network. And on top of that, I don't know if we talk about this on the show or if we just talk about it uh, amongst ourselves, Dando, mm. but there has been talk of bringing back the Movie Guy review segment. Sure uh, that'll be uh, a thing that's happening. I was speaking about it with the lovely Louise the other day. We were sort of batting names around. Movie Guy's good. She was like, why don't you call it Sidetrack? Because I have a tendency to um, 
when something will come up in, in an episode of The Simpsons, for instance, I'll say, a bit of a sidetrack, you may know George C. Scott as, ah, my groin! But he was also this and this and this. So, Louis, why do you call it sidetrack? So, that's a possibility. Throwing it out there to the listeners, if you think that might be a good name for a show about pop culture ephemera, starring your favourite pop culture ephemerist, uh, Guy Davis, let me know what you think. What about guide track? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we might have stretched the guy puns about as far as we can but, well, with Guy of, on Springfield. Speaking of, as I was going to say, a time with Guy on Springfield. So we finally gave our four finger disc and revisit a classic, a proper name, Guy on Springfield. So what we do is, yeah, it's got the intro music and everything. You can find that exclusively on Patreon as well. So every month we go back and the patrons decide an episode from the first ten seasons for Guy and myself to go back and revisit. And it's Guy on Springfield. So yeah, that's another great show you can find on our Patreon. But I just want to say thank you again to everyone who has already shown you support, whether it be just by leaving a kind message, sending us a message on, on, on Patreon, on Twitter, uh, retweeting our, our message, just letting people know. And of course, everyone who jumped on board Patreon as well with your financial support does mean the world to me. Also, if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you for che- taking the time to check this out. <laughs> and if you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support us here on YouTube is hit that subscribe button so you do not miss out on future videos because it's not just going to be this going up on our YouTube anymore, this on the show. I'm going to be doing top 10 videos and little uh, history thing, history uh, little snippets on, on various characters on The Simpsons and things like that each and every week here on the YouTube channel now that I've got some spare time. So make sure you look out for that. Plus, I've got a shitload of Simpsons merchandise and little toys around the house. I'm going to be doing little in-depth looks at all my little Simpsons merch that I have around the house as well. So hit the subscribe button. And if you're just listening to this and you haven't followed us on YouTube yet, go to our YouTube. It's just youtube.com slash TV. Subscribe to it and then you'll check out all the videos that I've got coming to you guys each and every week going forward. Can we just take a moment? I've always wanted to say this. Like and subscribe. <laughs> that was so much fun. Thumbs up the video. <laughs> <laughs> Smash uh, that like button. Yeah, smash that like button. All right, but that's enough about um, enough about us. Enough about me quitting my job. And <laughs> better say, who's this us? Didn't hear much about Guy in that one. <laughs> well, Guy, how's your week been, sir? That's all right. Oh, actually, sorry for interrupting. <laughs> uh, it's all about me again. Guess what? Guess what happened today, guys? So yesterday, actually, today was supposed to be as we record this, August third, two thousand twenty-two, was supposed to be my last day of work. <laughs> yesterday, I'm coughing a bit. Nicola goes, "You should do a rat test." I'm like, "Ah, fuck it." Don't worry about it. She's like, no, just do it. I'm like, oh, whatever. Positive. So now I'm COVID positive. So now I've got to tell work, hey, guys, no tomorrow's my last day, but, you know, I got COVID. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was actually alluding to at the very start of the episode. Okay. And instead you went on about how you've got this very sort of upbeat (laughs) attitude towards life. Now I'm like, dude, you've also got COVID. Yeah, yeah, I've got COVID. (laughs) You tested positive to COVID. (laughs) But see, I, um, I don't feel, I actually felt a little bit under the weather. This afternoon, but I think just doing this show, just I get excited to do this. Like I said in a podcast I chucked up last week, that doing this show it makes me smile. It's one of the things in life that makes me smile. So I think I completely forgot that I had COVID. <laughs> so talking about The Simpsons gets me excited and happy. I forgot that I had COVID. But yes, I'm COVID positive at the moment. So if I do sneeze and cough and splutter, I apologize. It's a it's Is not fun you- trying to stay away from your kids. I think we've just gone to the. We've just got to the point now where Nicola goes, I don't think I can cope looking after the kids by myself for five days. So we've just gone, fuck it, mask off, gloves off. If we all get it, we all get it. You sound fighting fit. I'm trying my best. <laughs> Aren't we but, all in this crazy game we call life? Yes, but as I interrupted before, how are you, Mr. Davis? How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> that, that's it? Okay, let's move along then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not much has changed. We're here to talk about sleeping with the enemy, aren't we? We are indeed. Now, someone told me that season 16 was no good. 
It's this was awesome, hit. this episode. This was great. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed this. Now, maybe, you know, the guys at Simpsons HQ, guys and gals, folks, yep. let's be inclusive, folks, came back after their break, new season, ready to start mm. just smashing it out of the park. And it's been three good episodes out of three so far. They're three for three. I enjoyed sleeping with the enemy a whole lot. And this episode doesn't just have the, the really good main story. I liked the B plot just as much as the A plot with Lisa. You know why? Because it's no secret that I had bulimia many years ago, 10 years ago, right? I went through what Lisa went through in this episode, and I couldn't be more impressed with how much they just nailed what it's like to go through that, to go through where you just believe you're overweight when you really aren't. And mm. it's almost like you know you're not overweight, but your brain's still telling you that you are, and you can't trick it any otherwise. So I just thought the way they handled this Lisa's uh, story with the struggle with body confidence, I thought they just hit it out of the park. And I, the particular thing I liked the most was that they didn't just wrap it up like she got over it. Because mm. it's something that lasts with you forever. I still struggle with it. And the fact that at the end, she couldn't give a conclusive answer to Homer, and she's like, well, no, it's, it's going to be a, a long time before I can get over this if I ever do. I was like, perfect. That's exactly how it is in real life. Hmm. Well, I must admit, when I saw the synopsis for this episode and uh, saw the Lisa storyline, I must admit, I did do the collar tug and not in a good way. Because I'm like, oh, I hope they handle this all right. I get the feeling, you know, we're in the early 2000s period of The Simpsons where, you know, they're getting a little bit family guy. They're getting a little bit South Park. Are they uh, going to deal with it sensibly, intelligently, but also funnily? You know, I mean, you don't want to turn it into an after-school special. And to my mind, they did. I mean, you've addressed it from your point of view, Dando, and uh, appreciate you doing that. But also, I, I really dug how Sherry and Terry are, are making fun of Lisa, saying she got a big butt. Clearly, she doesn't. Or right, no. No, no. But it, it, what the episode makes clear is that they could have been picking on anything. Kids have the innate ability to zero in on anything that will make you self-conscious, even if it doesn't exist. And, you know, they're also masters of mindfuckery in making you think maybe it does exist. Yeah, and, yeah. and that, oh, they also have no filter. Because I remember I used to have like pretty bad acne, right? And I remember, like, you know, adults, they're, they're courteous enough to not point anything out. You know, mm. it's just like, oh, he's got acne, just... Whatever. But I remember going to my cousin's house and he had his little friend over and they would have been, I don't know, five or six. And he's like, do you have chicken pox? And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> like, I'm like, no, I don't, mate. Nah. <laughs> I knew it didn't meant nothing by it, but it's just kids. Like you said, they can hone yeah. in on things, but they also just have no filter. They just say what comes to their mind as well. There is that. Yeah. But uh, another thing that I really loved, and they started the... Because the, as you were saying... Family Guy-esque, the show is becoming somewhat. It hasn't yet in this season, but it has in times, in, in recent times, gone down that route. And you read that there's going to be an episode about Lisa's body shaming and Lisa thinking she's fat. You immediately think, oh, God, I hope that the Homer and Bart don't join in, right? Mm. The first thing that Homer says to Lisa is, no, you're the cutest little girl that I know. And I'm like, bang, perfect. <laughs> it's exactly what he should have said. And he started it off with the right way. So, well done, John Vitti, the writer of this episode. Indeed. And then, of course, he uh, talks about the Simpsons, but... But he's, he's, not, he's not pointing out that she's got it. He's not putting it no, down. No, 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 no. It's just, uh, you know, some people have blue eyes and some people have the Simpsons, but... Yeah. Another thing about this episode, a little Homer goes a long way we've learned in this season, doesn't it? Correct. <laughs> just enough. Yeah. It doesn't need to be about Homer anymore. But the, the A story of Nelson, right? So, it actually put a big smile on my face. I was like, we've, we've complained a lot lately 
in recent episodes <laughs> about how pathetic Nelson has become and how they've really honed in on the fact that he doesn't have a dad and he misses his dad and it yeah. makes him sad. And it's an element of the character that we kind of go, it's not, it's so sad that you don't want to laugh at it. It's, that's not funny. It's just, it's, yeah. it's almost not pathetic. It's just, it's tragic, right? Well, they gave it a payoff here. All this time, they've been planting seeds. He misses his dad. He misses his dad. He misses his dad. They fucking brought his dad back. I was like, huh, all those little <laughs> little seed plants, which seemed tragic at the time, made this episode more of a payoff. They finally sprouted into mighty oaks. Yep. And the best thing about it was his dad wasn't a prick who just left him. His dad was a good father. I'm like, that's awesome. It's actually a pretty great explanation as to why Mr. Muntz disappeared. And he was buying cigarettes for Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's great that they've finally given the Nelson character some stability. Uh, just because his mother, his mother's a bitch. His mother is a terrible mother. But they they oh, added yeah. a lot of layers to this um, to the character of Nelson in this episode. You can understand why he acts out because he thinks his dad left him, but he didn't. Um, his mother treats him like a piece of shit. Like his mother literally yeah. has to go at Marge for for trying to make him feel like a better person. Like yeah. she, his mother's horrible. But yeah, the fact that he got his dad back, I was like. This is great. This is just this is exactly what the character needed. It's a change in the character that I for, I didn't I never even knew this happened. I don't think I've ever actually seen this episode. So when I, I saw his dad there, I was like, oh wow, mm. they've actually this is actually amazing. Like I, I was really really impressed with how they handled it. I had seen this episode and I did, I did recall because mainly because of Nelson. I mean, there's okay, uh, yeah. yeah so much about him in this episode and he's fleshed out and his shall we say one note comedy shtick is actually given a little more room to breathe. Yeah. Uh, which I really enjoyed. And, yeah, I the most the bulk of the laughs that I got out of this episode um, was from Nelson. Yep. I, I really liked that. He They really added to the emotional side of the character because when Marge drops him off at home, he gets her to drop him off at the house next door because he doesn't yeah. want Marge, his new friend, who thinks highly of him, who he's never, he's never been treated like this before. He doesn't want her to think little of him. Well, yeah, it's it's a classic storytelling tone. It's like I don't want you to see where I live, and yeah. so you normally get dropped off on like the wrong on the nicest house on the yeah. block or whatever. <laughs> he is literally living on the wrong side of the tracks. They cross over the the tracks, <laughs> but uh, yeah, drops him off. At, let's be fair, not a great house. And no, you think, not at all. And you think it's like, oh, he's actually going to the worst house next door. Yeah, that's it's pretty smart storytelling and and wrapped in a good joke or a good joke wrapped in good storytelling. And I know there's going to be Simpsons purists out there who say, ah, continuity, continuity, continuity. And I used to be one of those people. But, and that's because in season 10, I believe it was, where Bart starts hanging out with Nelson and he ends up killing the bird and Marge just really does not want to hang out with Nelson anymore. She, she thinks Nelson's despicable. That was six seasons ago. I'm sitting here thinking, it's six years. Sometimes you just got to fucking enjoy what's in front of you and I enjoy what was in front of me so you know I I know guys like for example when he goes inside the Simpsons house in Lisa's date with Dens- uh, Density when she dates Nelson Nelson obviously goes into the house yes. and the gag they use in the house is well Lisa look out Nelson's in our house so that's already happened before so the fact that the family are surprised again that he, when he's in the house it's just kind of like ah, I, I can understand why you'll be annoyed but just relax but it's don't fine. be don't be. Yes. It's it's eight years ago. Whatever. It gives a shit. Just enjoy this. Another really good episode from season sixteen. I just I yeah. I would put this almost. I was going to say I wouldn't say it's a classic. I would almost put this up there with a season ten episode. I thought this was really good. I can't find. I'm 
not finding many faults with it. No, I got to say, <laughs> not, not at all. No, and I'm really poking around. It's like, eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, sort of ch- checking the seams there. No, that's that's solid. That's working. <laughs> Uh, a couple of things about the episode before we get into our favourite moments. So, John Vitti was uh, the, the guy who wrote this episode. He's one of the original writers. He actually wrote Bart the Genius, which was the first episode of The Simpsons besides The Simpsons Christmas Special. So, it was there the sec- second episode. So, he's been on there since the uh, the beginning, and this was his last episode that he ever wrote for the show. But he wrote oh. classics like Lisa's Substitute, Cape Fear, so many classics. So, Thank you for your service, John Vitti. Yes, exactly right. So, yeah, so... John Vitti, thank you for your service writing. You, you wrote up the Simpsons movie and things like that, but this was his last episode writing credit. Also, director Lauren McMullen, this was her last directing credit as well. She directed recent episodes such as Mo Baby Blues, uh, I Annoyed Gruntbot, the one where Homer goes into the robot in the, ro- mm-hmm. in the Robot Wars, and, um, and Half Decent Proposal, uh, the really good episode they had with, um, with Artie Ziff, where he, where he takes Marge for the weekend. So, Again, thank you, Lauren, for your for your service on this show. Indeed. What was it about this episode that got everyone to to leave? I don't know. Mm. Mm. Maybe they all quit their jobs to go start their own Simpsons podcast. Good thinking. But, you know, <laughs> why would you do that? Why, why do you want to take on the big dog? Exactly right, yes. <laughs> you started with the big dog? <laughs> hey, my favourite. All right, what were your favourite moments from Sleeping with the Enemy? Oh, well, let's do it in order, shall we? Let's uh, do it. I, I very much liked the How to Draw a Simpson um, It was lesson. nice, wasn't it? Yeah. That was really nice. I never knew about the MG. No shit, really. Yeah, it's one because I used to draw the Simpsons a lot when I was a kid. That was one of the first things you learned. It's the, the MG. Yeah, yeah clever. Um, very nice uh, catching up with Edna, Edna Kay and, uh, and Seymour, having a little after-hours activity. <laughs> this means nothing. I know you've, you've made that very clear. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like it when The Simpsons sort of gives you a peek into the, not adult content, but it shows you that adult relationships can be complicated. Mm-hmm, exactly, yes. Yeah, so I dug that. Uh, as I said before about you know, Sherry and Terry, I don't think they're making it up, but they, they, take, they see an opportunity when Lisa bends over, it's like, Let's make fun of her butt. <laughs> but oh, they're straight up mean girls. They're straight up mean girls. Absolutely, they're terrifying. Um, but later on, when uh, they say something like, "That's because your butt blocks your ears," that doesn't make any sense. Neither does your butt. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's flawless preteen kid humor. Yeah. Ju- jiu-jitsu. It's like <laughs> you can't win this argument. No, they get, they, no matter what you say, your butt's always going to be the problem. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I thought that was I thought that was fantastic. But the thing I enjoyed the most uh, was the emphasis Nelson put on certain words. Yep. And my two favourites were, but he never smelled me again. <laughs> How good was the delivery of, the, of again? Yeah. It was so funny. And uh, but, but my favourite range was probably yeah. It's like what's the range is limited. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a, a weird choice, but that's the, when that came up in the episode. I'm like, oh, I remember this. It was like having a, I was like the the food critic in Ratatouille taking a nice bite of Ratatouille, <laughs> zoom, taken back to 2004, whenever this episode was. Watched an episode. This is, oh, I remember laughing at that uh, again. Oh. <laughs> Never smelled me again. <laughs> 
Wonderful, wonderful stuff. What uh, did you? What were your favourite? Well, I, I really enjoyed a couple of the moments you already mentioned there. In particular, the um, the drawing. That's, I, I really liked that. But I saw, also liked when they were watching the models do walk the catwalk and they turn sideways and the chick disappears. Yeah, <laughs> she's so thin. <laughs> That's really good. I also really liked uh, when so Martin he gets asked to draw the um, the president. I drew him with Canadian President or oh, Prime Minister Louis Saint Laurent. Their relationship was frusty at best. <laughs> <laughs> I just love, he's so snooty all the time, Martin. Just yeah, anyway. he's indeed. Uh, <laughs> crosses one off trivia question. Oh, okay, yes, but the um, there's actually I don't recall watching this whole episode, but for some reason a moment stuck out to me was the duck duck goose. <laughs> I think they used this as part of a commercial break or a bit of a like a sweeper on okay. Fox Eight back in the day. But yeah, duck duck goose. <laughs> We've all been there where there's that one kid that just won't say goose. It's like just say fucking goose. <laughs> <laughs> or you're you're playing musical chairs and it seems like you you're on your twentieth circle around circuit around the chairs. It's like Yes. Stop the fucking music. <laughs> Next question. You there, eating the paste. Alright, it is time for some trivia now. But before that, we have some shout outs and boy do we have some shout outs this week. No, that's a lot of shout outs. A lot of people willing to support us here at Four Finger Discount and we love each and every one of them. But the $20 patron of the week, Mr. Davis. You're going to come up with a new name on the spot. Are you ready? Hit me. Is one, Reese Roberts. Well, <laughs> and, and Mr. Roberts told us, uh, I don't care what new, new nickname you give me as long as it's not Reese's Pieces. Oh, okay then. He was saying, I think he's heard that way too often. So, was, this in the, uh, was this in the exclusive Four Figure Discount Facebook group you get access to when you're a patron? Th- that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> so you too can place demands on Dando and myself. Uh, feel free, have at it. So, Reese Roberts, mm. uh, you are not Reese's Pieces. You are instead, give Reese a chance. Roberts. Oh, I like it. So, $20 <laughs> patron of the week is give give Reese a chance. Reese, give Reese a chance, Roberts. Well done, sir. Thank you for your support. And also, that's just good life advice. Give Reese a chance. Exactly right. Also, <laughs> shout outs to our other $20 patrons. We have Christopher Trent Darby, Andrew Zer, Jordan Molman Richie, Steamed Ham Champion Dylan Haggett, Sally Kimberly, Hank Scorpio, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Jonathan Rossi, Zach Pruitt, Timothy Burleson, Joel Yoland, Katie G, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Jenna Rice, Adam Sanderson, George McManamy, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, David Stewart, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, Groundskeeper Noah, and Declan Phoenix. Also, our new $20 patrons who have signed up in the last couple of days. We have Mr. Anthony Carpentieri, Lewis Kavanagh, Jack McFadden, and Heath Appleby. Thank you so much, guys, for becoming $20 patrons here at Four Finger Discount. Also, shout-outs to our newest patrons. Uh, they're not $20 patrons, but they're still still patrons, so we're going to give these guys a shout-out as well. Mm. Jack Clark, uh, Alonzo Evening. What a name. Alonzo Evening. Some Alonzo Evening. <laughs> Andy Kozlowski, Sirhan Salibi, Pete Anderson, Brody Ewan. Is their name Sirhan, or is it Sirhans? Like, it's- like a knight. Ah, uh, no, no, it's not Sirhan's, no. Okay. <laughs> it's S-E-R-H-A-N, Sirhan. Sirhan's still a pretty rocking name. It's pretty uh, awesome, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Sirhan Salibi, Pete Anderson, as I said, Brody Ewan, Zach the Ripper, Hugh Jass, <laughs> Ben Murrieta, Seth Weens, uh, Ben Clark, Matt Reese, Richard Tran, Thomas Wilford, Julio Besseril. I like it. I, I'm, I'm assuming I've said that wrong, so I apologise, <laughs> Julio. <laughs> Uh, we got Simply M, uh, Kieran Old, Mark Runian, William Fox, and Jack 
Ferguson. Also, we've got some other people who have recently upgraded their patronage, so they've gone from little to bigger. So we've got Trent, Alexi, and Philip JT. And one last patron shout-out. It's a big one. It is from our man, Elliot J., who is the host of another great Simpsons podcast known as The Simpsons Index, a fellow Ooh. Aussie Simpsons podcaster, and he has become a $100 patron for what the, the month. What the what? Yeah, for the month of August. So he gets to nominate whatever he pleases for us to review. <laughs> Okay, then. You look scared, then. (laughs) You said anything that, you know, and I'm like, oh, am I going to have to do some, like, pants stuff? Uh, But then it was like, no, a review. That's okay. (laughs) So thank you, Elliot J, for becoming a $100 patient. That support is much, much, much appreciated. And, of course, if you want to get us to review anything you please, it can be anything you want. You just got to be a $100 patient for the month, and you can nominate whatever you want, and we will discuss it. It could be the creme brulee pie from McDonald's. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Maybe it's just some, it's like guy does food kind of YouTube show. I'd be mm. all about it. Let, let's do that. But uh, <laughs> Guy singing in the kitchen whilst he cooks. I'd watch that. Uh, golly, Dando, that was a lot of names. That yes. was a lot of n- new names. Not like not the new name challenge. We're talking about the, the new name champions. These, mm. these folks, thank you very much for coming on board, taking a, a crazy ride on the crazy four-finger discount train. Yes. Yeah, uh, all jokes aside, guys, your support is, like, incredible. I, it means the world to us. I mean, I've literally given up my job, my wage, so that we can turn this into an occupation, and we, we couldn't make this possible without the support of all you guys. So you guys, each and every single one of you, we love you all. As I say to the lovely Louise, get ready for the good stuff. <laughs> Speaking of good stuff, I think it's time for some trivia. Is that right? <laughs> yes, I hope so. All righty. How many squares was Lisa's epic hopscotch? Your first question. 64 squares. No, 68. What, 68 squares? Sorry, that's what I mean. I've got, yeah, I've got bad handwriting, but yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, your first question then, besides that one. How, how, many, how many bucks an hour uh, does the guy get for planing down the thighs? Four dollars? Four bucks an hour. Four bucks an hour. Yep. My next question is, what does the sign on the restroom say as she walks into the clothing store? Oh, well, I must have looked away from the screen at that particular moment because I don't know. Restrooms are for purging only. I figured it had to be something like that. Yep. Um, What is the name of the book that Marge uses to come up with party... uh, Party games. Yeah, it's something about being indoors. Mm, now nah, you've got me. What is it? It's Cloudy Day Diversions. Cloudy Day Diversions, that's right. Time for a super book about Cloudy Day Diversions. Mm-hmm. Uh, My next one is, what computer did the Simpsons get from Nelson when he threw it off the uh, bridge? Oh, um... It's an old, it's an old uh, computer yeah. that went bankrupt, apparently, in 1992. So, how he was throwing these off... In 1992, or pre-1992, I have no idea. Throwing them out in the womb. Uh, I want to say, like, not Texas. Texas Instruments. It was K-Pro. K-Pro. A K-Pro, yes. The the company went bankrupt in 1992. Hmm, Interesting. I have one last question for Mm -hmm. you. What is it? Who is the doctor for your teeth? Doctor... Ah, you got me again. What was it? It's Dr. Shapiro. What's next? A lawyer for your hair? (laughs) (laughs) My final question is, what does the cake say that Lisa does the snow angel, the the, the, the cake angel in? She, she t- tries some of the icing. Yeah, I don't know. It says, happy Labor Day, Lenny. Oh. I don't know why. 
it's that's what it says. Happy Labor Day, Lenny. Anyway, that is trivia for Sleeping with the Enemy. We're going to take a short break, guys, and when we return, we'll do our full in-depth review. If you're a fan of everything we do here at Four Finger Discount, you can show your support by joining the family at patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. Here you'll get ad-free early access to all of our shows, Zoom calls with Guy and myself, as well as bonus podcasts such as Tales of Futurama and Guy on Springfield, where we go back and revisit classic episodes from the first 10 seasons. So go ahead and join the family today at patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. The original air date of Sleeping with the Enemy was November 21st, 2004. It was written by John Vitti and directed by Lauren McMullen, as we discussed earlier. The couch gag was where the Simpsons run in, and they find the couch is missing, and a few seconds later, kablam! The uh, old couch on the head. A very nasty-sounding snap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah ba- well. Back-breaking sounds. Like, whenever someone gets, like, a backbreaker in a movie and it hit all their necks snapping, you're like, oh, ew, no. I don't like it. Yeah, it is the automatic... Um, sign of the henchman that you don't want to fuck with. You know, it's usually some huge dude who will grab someone, pick them up, and, like, break them over their knee. Yeah. I'm like, ah, no! (laughs) (laughs) And then Arnold or, you know, Sly usually fucks them up. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you're like, Arnold, I think you're in trouble. (laughs) I think you might want to get away from there immediately. But the episode kicks off with Lisa setting up the epic hopscotch at school. And as she says to pick up their pebbles, she bends over to pick it up. And the girls all make fun of her big butt. And as you were saying earlier, it's just your classic primary school yard, just harassment. But there's no, there's nothing to it. It's literally just... Let's just pick anything we can make fun of and just hone in on it, like you said. <laughs> when I was a, when I was about fourteen years old, mm-hmm. some bully type, not even a, not a, a psychological bully as opposed to a physical bully. Uh, they're, they're, they're worse. Yeah, they were. Oh, they're the, they're the monsters. <laughs> uh, said something like, "Your upper lip is bigger than your lower one," or something, and sort of did the thing where they, yeah, yeah, they put their tongue under it, so yeah, yeah. you know, made it look a bit like a primate or something. And that just caught on for like a year. <laughs> oh, really? What, make, kids making fun of you for it? Yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Are you for real? <laughs> <laughs> but there's the, there's worse things to be made fun of. But when you're a little kid, anything just seems like it's the worst thing in the world. Anything that makes that separates you from the crowd or from the pack in any way mm. is just like... Oh, okay, that's going to leave a scar. Well, that's, that's, that's why I had to make sure that nobody knew I wet the bed when I was in primary school. Like, yeah. I, went, I wet the bed until I was in about, I don't know, grade six, I reckon. And just, as I've said on the podcast, I reckon two, maybe three of my friends knew, the ones I could really trust. And thankfully, they never broke my trust, or if they mm. did, the people they told never made fun of me. Because I feel like if I was at school and one of the kids said to me, oh, you're a bedwetter, I think it just would have broken me. I don't think it would have oh, been, yeah. there would have been no coming back for that, from that. I just would have been just done. <laughs> Kids, they're, they're animals. They really are. <laughs> now, I'm just going to have a big, quick drink of water here because I'm a little uh, <clears throat> itchy in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> That's COVID for you. All righty. Let's see so if we refreshing. can get through this, shall we? Because it's a really good episode. And I want to get through this. I want to enjoy this. Let's do it. <clears throat> okay. All righty. So she set up the obstacle. She made fun of her big butt. Willie tries to stand up for her, calling her a plump Christmas goose. Willie's just not needed anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> she goes and she runs and tells Homer straight away how sad she feels. And he's, straight away, as I said, you're the cutest little girl I know. A dad's love is blind. I'm aware of this, but it's still. It could have been easy for them to have the character of Homer make fun of her as well. And go, oh, there's nothing wrong with having a big butt. 
he never once says that she has a big butt. He says that she's got the least the, the Simpsons butt. So I guess he's kind of saying it, but he's not actually making fun of her or anything like that. No. And then we get the really cool scene where he draws himself. I, I just really liked it. I think I, realized, I reckon the animators would have had a great time drawing this. I think so as well. Then you have the really cool scene where he makes love to himself. <laughs> but before that, Bart runs through saying, party, 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 party. Homer tries on the sweater. That's what he says he uses to uh, to cover up his big butt. Then Bart says, you've got to throw me a party because I've got 100 on a test. And you said, if I've got 100 on a test, you throw me one. So he checks for the watermark to make sure it's legit. He still refuses to believe it. Which kind are you pulling? Copy off another kid's test? Pay attention and take notes? <laughs> <laughs> and he chokes him and he's laughing whilst he does it. Then... Mrs. K says, "No, you actually did get a hundred, but how did he get it, Mr. Davis?" Uh, she left the uh, she left the map uh, down so everyone could see. Yes, everyone knew the answers. What, what name the state capitals or something like that, so everyone it could was, see yes. the answers. Yep, so everyone got a hundred, but that's like, hey loophole. But still, you know, he got a hundred. Indeed, but rewind just a bit because there was a bit I loved in this where he's talking about uh, Frankfurter. Is that something? Oh yeah, y- yes, it's something, dear. Which is very much me and Louise. Any <laughs> time I crack a dad joke, like watching what, eh, you say you eh, make a joke, and the, 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 her kids are like, "This guy, mum, this guy, <laughs> this fella, really." <laughs> this is the guy who's been coming over for three years and eating all our chocolate royals. Come on. <laughs> but then Skinner comes out. Uh, Bart really did get a hundred. I gave a test on state capitals, but I forgot to roll up the map. Everyone got a hundred. I win. P-A-R-T. Party! People, please. It's a school night. I thought you two broke up. <laughs> this means nothing. Yes, yes, you've made that quite clear. Lisa then goes shopping for a different outfit to hopefully make her look thinner. She goes to Saks Fifth Grade. Indeed. Said, now, hmm? I'm, I'm casting my mind back to the early 2000s, and, yeah, there was it was very much low-rider jeans, you know, showing off the hips and all that kind of business. It did seem like everybody was pretty thin. Yeah, so that heroin, not quite the heroin chic look of the 1990s where, you know, you had to be thin, but you also had dark circles under your eyes and basically looked like you were just, you know, zoned out all the time. But yeah, thin thin was very in, in the early 2000s. There's a really Paris Hilton-esque? Doc- very Paris Hilton-esque, yes, yeah. And, um, and her BFF, Nicole Richie, who was even thinner. Was she um, really? Yeah, yeah, there was... I thought she was, like, a bit bigger. Okay. Not that she was big at all, she was tiny, but, yeah. Well, then there's the other BFF, or what even wasn't a BFF, it was kind of like their... I think she might have been their personal assistant. A young lady named Kim Kardashian. Okay. It's amazing how now how suddenly the booty, you know, the big butt is in. Yeah. It's in your face. I mean, if only, if only, um, what's his name? Who did the I like big butts and I cannot lie? What's his name? Um, that's that's Sir Mixalot. Sir Mixalot, yes, I uh, know Sir Mixalot. Sorry, um, actually, he's now Duke Mixalot. Is he no, really? he's, he's King Mixalot. King Mixalot, yes. But he released that song twenty years later. But I mean, big butts must have been a thing in the early nineties, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't have made that song. Or was that song so popular because it was the only person that spoke out and said big butts were cool? I think so. I think, you know, there was a lot of, he says in the song, you know, playing workout tapes with my Fonda. Um, but, but his anaconda don't want none unless he got buns, hun. Yeah. Yeah. What, <laughs> what a song. Yes. Welcome to another episode where Guy recites the lyrics to Baby Got Back. But the, uh, just the just the, the, the beat of that song at the start, the <gasps> doom, 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 that's amazing. Doom, 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 doom. Oh, God, yeah. I love what are the, what are the butts. What ha- <laughs> are the happiest recollections of my Early 20s is just being in a nightclub, being all lickered up, and you just hear that dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. It's like, yep, 
that's my shit. Hit the flow. <laughs> Hit the flow. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but sorry, just to rewind to what yeah, I was yeah. originally saying. There's a, a very good documentary. I believe it's on Netflix about uh, the clothing line Abercrombie and Fitch mm-hmm. and their sort of marketing campaign to, you know, get the kids to part with their hard-earned for, you know, quite frankly, fairly so-so clothing. Um, they, are, they are not our good friends at Abercrombie and Fitch. Not really, unless they want to send us some clothes. <laughs> but uh, they were, yeah, they were, they were marketing geniuses in terms of inclusivity and just like, okay. you know, if, oh, no, no, I'm sorry, exclusivity, not oh, inclusivity. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> no, now they're inclusive. Back okay. then they were exclusive, which is, but they were like, you know, if you buy some Abercrombie and Fitch, you might look as handsome as this guy here. Um, you know, future movie star Channing Tatum. I think he was like a model for them at some stage, or Ashton Kutcher was, or whatever. It was all these good-looking dudes and hot chicks, and and in in very good shape. Yes, there was there was a lot of body positivity back in the day. It's funny how a documentary can just change an entire business. It's like that Morgan dude when he did the the, um, the McDonald's oh, movie. Yeah. Now, because that motherfucker now I can't get my fries supersize. <laughs> <laughs> I got to buy. I got to buy two things of fries. Exactly right. Yes. So, well, yeah, she's at the sh- at the store. We got the, the purging sign on on the um on the on the bathroom. We got the three different signs: a thin mm-hmm. is in on the wall, and size zero and below, which I got to kick out of as well. <laughs> and she says she feels even worse now about herself by being in this store because the clothes are so small she never fit into them. And she watches the modelling on the TV who disappears, which I thought was a really obvious. But it still caught me off guard. I was like, oh, yeah, I like it. <laughs> and then I hear she's back to her birth weight. Wow, I'm so jealous. I was just like, oh, man. Anyway, so the guy then uh, is fixing the mannequin. Well, she thinks he's fixing it. And, you know, he's going to put more weight mm-hmm. on it or do whatever. So it's way out of shape. Nope, he starts uh, planing down the thighs. The thighs. <laughs> no, no, the body on this mannequin is all wrong. I know. It's such an unrealistic standard for young... Huh? Planing down the thighs. Planing down the thighs. I make four bucks an hour. Planing down the thighs. She then sees the vision of herself in the mirror, overweight and living with an overweight millhouse. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now you don't have a choice. Bart's now got his party. It's time for his party. And it turns out that Marge, not a good uh, party organizer. All she's organized is the family, as well as Martin and Ralph, who's wearing a nice little bow. But, um,. Oh, and and Mill House on, on speakerphone. Yeah, speakerphone with measles. But um, yeah, so she reads out the cloudy day with Diversion's book and she says, draw the picture of President Eisenhower, as we were discussing earlier. Then it's <laughs> Duck, Duck, Goose. Duck, 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 I've got here, Marge says that she did her best. I was like, did you really? Yeah, this feels like some real first draft picks. Yeah. I mean, no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not good. It's not a good party. And like, to th- for you to then think that this would have been good, like, your, your cup was a fucking mug. Like, how did you think this was going to be taken, Marge? Come on, pull your head in. But she offers Lisa some cake as well. Lisa can do, can, can save this. Lisa have some cake. I'm not fat enough already. She runs off and then everyone bails. Then Ralph enters once again, again, once again with no one there. Playing Duck Duck Goose once again. Duck Duck Duck. I did love him running off screaming or crying oh, when well, Bart yeah. calls him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah freak. We come back from commercial and Marge and Homer are in bed. Marge is sad. She's a bit concerned. She thinks her kids just don't appreciate her anymore. You know, they don't want to spend time with her. And Homer says, Don't worry. You know, they'll be old enough soon to move out of home. And you have hundreds of thousands of hours to yourself. Then it's the peace of the grave. The grave. 
I like that line, the peace of the grave. Oh, yeah. Everyone's just... No, not everyone. <laughs> you. <laughs> Me. <laughs> You're just longing for the cold embrace of the grave. And she says, nope, I've got plenty more mothering left in me. So she drops the kids off school and she suggests that they go to the zoo afterwards. Lisa says, nope, she's going to stay back and read the book Thin by Third Grade. And Bart refuses as well. He's like, nah, um, I think I might just you know, hang out with uh, well, the Thunder Thighs here or something like that. Yeah. I was like, the, the only concession to it. But, you know, it's a bratty brother. Yeah. He's not, he's, of he course, that's going to happen. He doesn't mean it. You know that. No. no. Skinner then says, don't worry, they're just asserting their independence. I really I thought you'd get kicked out of this. They grow up so fast. They're just asserting their independence. If a child doesn't do it now, it may never happen. Seymour, do you want your vitamin and applesauce, or are you going to take it like a big boy? Applesauce. Marge is now sad at the park with Maggie. She thinks even Maggie's going to turn on her eventually. Mm. Nelson is sitting there eating tadpoles. Oh. So Marge says, aren't you the, the kid that beats up my son? Oh, yeah, Bart Simpson. Yeah, that's that's the kid. I know. I like where he goes, always hitting himself. <laughs> always hitting himself. <laughs> the, the best line there, that's like, are those tadpoles your lunch? Technically brunch. Technically brunch, yes. Marge offers Lisa's lunch as a result. She says, no, she, Mikey didn't want it. So he, um, he, he, I love the animation of him going, it's kind of like when you watch those videos of like rescuing a dog. The dog's like, yeah. I know you're probably a good person, but I fucking, I've been treated so badly. I don't know if I can trust you. Oh, I'm such a sucker for those. Oh, I it's the music. Mm. Yeah, but uh, uh, sometimes you see those dogs and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. It makes you just want to go and cuddle your own pets. You're like, oh. Oh, absolutely. Like, there's there's one I love from um, our friends at The Dodo. That's, that's uh, what I follow as well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they get but, me every time. They're sons of my, bitches. My favourite one was, was this, there was this feral cat that had been living on the street for goodness days, however, and it was... Just angry as hell, angry at everything. Um, and uh, finally, they got it off the street and uh, they tied him up a little bit. He was still almost yep. pissed off. Uh, and they say in the in the video, like, eh, look, he's an angry guy, but we figure he deserves to live his twilight years free from pain and you know in a comfortable place. And then they also bring in these two foster kittens and the two foster kittens are just climbing all over him and, you know, grooming and all that. And the last thing, and it's got this lovely little piano track. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Um, you see him curl up under the piano and the, and the two kittens just call it, go to sleep on him. And he just, you can just see him go. It's like, and I just cry every time and I watch it too often. I mean, <laughs> something, something's wrong with me that I keep going back to watch this. It's like, why do I want to cry about the feral cat again? But I'm going to do it. going to do it. But the thing is, it makes you feel like the world's a better place when you watch those videos. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going I'm to watch it after this. Enough about uh, animals being rescued. Let's get back to sleeping with the enemy. But yeah, that's very much what Nelson reminded me of here. <laughs> he takes, takes lunch and then there's a bit where he... Marge is looking at him. He sort of looks at her as if to say, don't you touch this, this is mine now. And Marge just smiles. She's like, ah, appreciation, finally. Then he points and makes fun of the bats because they're nocturnal. Marge says, you know what, you don't, you don't have to make fun of these to impress me. I already like you. And he's like, I don't know what's going on here. Ha ha, I'm starting to let my guard down. Ha ha. He says, it's, it's, and, and, and all, all the Nelson-isms, I guess you could say, in this episode fit. They made sense. Yes. They weren't just there for the sake of having a catchphrase. It all, it, I really like the way they did that. Margin chops him off. She says, it was just nice to be appreciated. He feels a bit awkward about it, so he says, take it sleazy. <laughs> and he sneaks into his actual house. So she drops him off at, at the, the house next door. He doesn't want her to know where he actually lives. A nice little character moment there. And then he enters, and Mo is in there with his mother. Nelson, I thought you were sleeping in the park tonight. Oh, that's okay. The kid don't bother me none. 
Hey, Nelson, say hello to Mo. He said he'd take you camping sometime. I said I might. Mo has found his level. Yes, that's right. But uh, she says to her, I thought you were sleeping in the park tonight. I was like, oh, you really feel sorry for Nelson, don't you? I was like, oh, this oh kid, yeah, she's this, a terrible lady. This kid just has no life at home at all. It's terrible. And Mo, Mo says, he, he, uh, I might take him camping one time. <laughs> Marsden suggests bowling to the kids. And I was like, what kind of kid turns down bowling? Bowling's the best when you're a kid. Bowling's the best when you're an adult. It's great. I was about to say, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bowling's good at any age. Well, it makes you, especially when you get a strike, it makes you feel like a big man. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what, yeah. uh, Bart, Lisa, and Mom, a.k.a. Blam, good acronym. Really good, isn't it? Blam! <laughs> I like it. Uh, then she says, uh, Bart says to her, when I want someone that's lame and needy, I'll call me your house. And I was like, you're a shithead, Bart. Marge is the best yeah. mother you could possibly want. She's the, she's the greatest. Uh, but she <laughs> says she's going to take her mothering elsewhere. So she's at the Bolarama now with Nelson She's chopped up a hot dog for him. The poor kid's never had a hot dog before. Mm. Saw it in some catalogue once. Some people were in nice clothes or having them at a picnic or something. <laughs> then he, she says, you know, what, what, what do your parents do? And he's like, I says, my mum, she works at Hooters. She's hoping to move to Las Vegas, so to the real strip club. Mm. And, asked, and then she finally asked about his dad. He went for cigarettes and, and mm. he never came back. So Marge then offers a job for pocket money. And he's like, oh, I, I guess. You know, and then he points out, maybe... Is Bart not, not living up to all of his um all he should be <laughs> as a son? And she's a bit worried that uh that Bart's not interested at all in her anymore. And he's like, it's just a phase. Don't worry about it. It's just kind of ways to throw computers off the bridge on the freeway. That's how she got her what, Mr. Davis? K Tech? K Pro. K Pro. K Pro. <laughs> yes. I feel like I've n- I've never heard of a K Pro before. I feel like in Australia, everyone at that point in time, well my primary school did anyway, had a Macintosh. I was about to say Commodore 64. <laughs> that's a that's a video game, isn't it? K Pro is a K Pro's a computer. Yeah, it had a Commodore 64's computer, I'm sure. Com- oh, what, what, was it, what was the video game console that had Pong on it then? Atari? <laughs> Maybe. Commodore 64, let's look this up. I mean, you lived in this era, so you should know. Yeah, but I was a computer nerd. Commodore 64, also known as a C64, is an 8-bit home computer introduced. Oh, yeah, you're right. You could play games on it, but it was a home computer. Yeah, okay. I, I remember well the one played, you were talking Well played, sir. <laughs> hey! Advantage Davis. Um, <laughs> I'm pre- I, I, I know what you're talking about, though, because there was Atari and then there was the other one. And the other it, – it, and it's like, okay, Atari is VHS and this other one is beta. It's probably cooler, but it didn't take off. Yeah. Kind of like what was the um, HD DVD? Remember those? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but you know, you know why they failed? Because the um, porn industry opted to go with Blu-ray. That's correct. Porn – look to porn yep. all the time. It is the it is the um, early adopter. If you've got a, um, a a new format, go to the porn industry first, hook, get them hooked, and then you're right. Does por- the physical media is dead though now? It's just it's not going to exist. Uh, I, I feel like Elliot when he's fifteen, twenty, you know, old enough to be buying his own things, it'll all just be streaming. There'll be no such thing no. as physical DVDs anymore. I know. But then, you know, it's going to be the, the nostalgia of it all. You know how we, everyone buys records again now? They buy, there's more vinyl gets sold than CDs now. So maybe we can cling on to the hope that maybe... Well, I'm starting to sell off some of my Blu-ray and DVD collection. Okay, we've got to, uh, we've got to settle something here. Guy <laughs> sends me a message today, guys, and he goes, okay, just made my first sale of a Blu-ray. Is it okay to send it before I get my payment? I'm like, never in a million years. I don't think I put it that way. I said, I'm going to need some advice from you, Dando. Um, yes. Does one... Yep. Yeah. Okay, what? Yeah, what's the protocol here? What's the process? And Tando's like, yes, never in a million years. He was. It's good advice, and one I tend, to, uh, one I'm going to heed. Yes, never send anything until they're paid. <laughs> All right. Like, we'll t- now, we can talk about that. Give what back? 
<laughs> we'll talk about this off air. But, uh, <laughs> no, but because it's the first thing I've sold ever. Really? What about your body? That's that. I gave that away. <laughs> uh, but you know, I was wondering. Okay, well, you know, I'm, I've charged them this much, but do I charge them postage on top of that? Of course you or- do. They pay for everything. When okay, you then. buy something from Amazon, do you pay postage? Well, I'm Amazon Prime, so I don't. Um, so I'm uh, okay, Miss Ladida. I'm still Ladida. <laughs> <laughs> so am I, though. Yes, it's just the best. <laughs> it's so, it's so much better to do it that way. I mean, there's this thing now on like Kmart and Target use this thing called like One Pass or something now. Oh. You pay like four dollars a month. It's free postage on everything. Why would you not do that? What the what? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but you know, with Amazon Prime, you also get Amazon Prime Video. Get to watch, you know, Chris Pratt in the Terminal List. Yes, that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, I'll be charging this guy an extra twelve bucks for postage. Yeah, do that. <laughs> but yeah, so they're at the bowling alley. Are they? Are we at the bowling alley? Uh, no, no, no. Lisa's I think skipping. we've. I think we've done that. We've done all that. Yes, Lisa's now skipping. 64, 65, 66. Hey, Lisa. Are you counting how many days it takes to wash your big butt? (laughs) I can't hear you. That's because your butt blocks your ears. That doesn't make any sense. Neither does your butt. (laughs) So Lisa tells Bart, I I know it's wrong, you know, that's bothering me, but she says, that's what a fat girl would say. And I was like, just the way that she's trying to... Beat this demon. Yeah. It's so, it's exactly how it is. I literally remember moments of me looking in the mirror. I actually wasn't even, I was looking in the mirror, and the mum walking in saying, What are you doing? And I'm like, I've got to lose all this fat. And I was like grabbing like the side of my skin. I remember my mum being like, There's nothing there. Like, Brendan, there's literally nothing there. Your skin and bone. And I remember grabbing like this little bit of skin and going, This, this, I need to lose this. And I look back now and I think, People looking at me must have thought I was fucking out of my mind. But mm. in your, Literally, when you look in the mirror, you see an obese person. It is, it's a, it's crazy what happens to you. Golly. Like when you get when he gets that far down the rabbit hole, it's hard to get out. But you made it out. I've made it out. Yes, but there's the way Lisa's dealing with it here. I was like, yeah, I could really relate, and I really appreciate the way they they handled it. They didn't, they didn't make her a laughing stock, which no. was the important thing. She was treated with respect. So they see Nelson mowing the lawn at the front. Marge thinks she can find a handsome young man behind all that hair and dirt, but unfortunately not. <laughs> and. Bart says, Bart says, my mother, my bully, my God. <laughs> For some reason, I liked that delivery. I thought it was really good. <laughs> Lisa, uh, we're now at dinner and Lisa just won't take a bite. This was the moment for me. This was like, this literally is it. Like this was, this is, if you want to show someone what bulimia is like or what anorexia is like, this is it. This is exactly how it is. Lisa won't take a bite. Marge says, you must take a bite now, blah, blah, blah. So she slightly grazes mm. the skin of the carrot with her tooth. Now I can't have toothpaste tonight. <laughs> That's literally how your brain works. It's, wow. it's It's insane. Like you have, I'll, I would have eaten like a grape and gone, all right, I've got to go on the exercise bite now. Like it's, it's, oh, it's mental, man. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. But yeah, I, I thought, I thought, I feel like you don't want to laugh at Lisa what she's going through. Hmm. But for me now, I look back and I don't laugh at myself, but I feel like as people say, laughter is the best medicine. I look back now and think, it was fucking insane. So the way I sort of deal with what I have is I make jokes about it. But I just, I just really, really like this scene. But then we get um, Nelson's mum. She arrives at the door and she throws the money back in Marge's face and says, I don't want your charity. And she says, it's not charity. I gave him some self-respect. And then she said, no wonder he came home more buttoned up like you were somebody. And I was like, poor Nelson. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was so bad. I was like, the poor kid, 
starts feeling somewhat good about himself and his mother's just doing this to him, what a bitch. Well, you know, she's the type of woman whose underpants will just fall down around her ankles. It was a great visual, wasn't it? It was really good. <laughs> it was really funny. But then Marge tells her to go home and try to have intercourse on the way and everyone's just like, whoa, mum. Cold-blooded. <laughs> yeah. And Lisa just chows down on the carrot. Yeah. <laughs> Then Nelson walks into the Simpson or walks to the Simpson house at night and he says his mum ditched him for Hollywood. Even though her range is limited. <laughs> when's when's the other time when when it when it's limited? Can you remember? When Homer's when Homer's ordering the radio. Uh, st- st- remember they say stock stock is limited or whatever? <laughs> limited! Oh that's yeah. <laughs> you got any of those radios left? Yeah, a couple. <laughs> I am so Homer in that regard. Anytime oh, you know. so am I. I panic straight away. I'm like, FOMO! FOMO! <laughs> Limited edition! <laughs> Better pre-order that one! Oh, man. But they uh, they all feel... Or he feels weird. He feels weird to be in the Simpsons' house. You're like, whoa, what is this? A nice place. And she <laughs> offers him milk. Cow's milk. And then all of a sudden, Nelson's in Bart's room. And all of a sudden, this single bed is now a bunk bed. Bunk bed. And he has top bunk. <laughs> Are you, a, are you a top bunker or a bottom bunker? I've never really slept in a bunk bed, I don't think. Maybe at a friend's place occasionally, mm. but I've never owned. I've never been like consistently in a bunk bed. But I feel like if I was going to have one, I would want to be bottom bunk, I think. I feel like I'm a bottom bunker. Yeah, I feel like the, yeah. the, the, being on the top, I'd always have that fear I'm going to fall out. And I'm yeah. so close to the roof of all the cobwebs. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Plus bump beds. I always just think of, this is how we do it. <laughs> what a scene that is. What a movie that is. Oh, I feel like the movie sort of, last third of it isn't as funny as the first two thirds, but fuck, from the from like the Shark Week part to like that part is like the greatest thing of all time. Indeed. And of course, we should Step Brothers. Of course, listeners, we are referring to Pineapple Express. <laughs> we should ta- we should we, we should, should review Step Brothers. Yeah, I think that'd be a hell of a good time. Maybe we'll do that. So anyway, uh, Nelson is now. Oh no! First of all, he's at the the, the breakfast table about Bart's there. He's saying to Marge, you know, "Deadlocks are on the door for a reason to keep people like Nelson out." He comes in. Marge gives them both. Uh, before that, though, Marge says, "You know," she describes a tootsie pop. You know, they're soft. They're hard on the outside, but they're soft on the inside. Basically, be nice and I'll give you a Tootsie Pop. <laughs> <laughs> so Nelson walks in and she's made pancakes for them both. And Nelson is thankful. Bart's like, yeah, 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 I don't really want them. So he forces Bart to eat them and not just eat them, savour them. Indeed. I, I made pancakes the other day. I rarely do it. Yep. But do you ever get like in that mood where it's like, oh, you know what really hit the spot? Pancakes. And then you're invariably disappointed. Maybe it's just my lackluster pancake-making skills. It depends what you put on said pancakes, I think. Maybe that's the case. I mean, I was reading something and someone mentioned, hmm, you know what I made? Apple apple pecan pancakes. I'm like, hot damn, that sounds good. Google apple pecan pancake recipe. It's like, this is only a handful of ingredients, one of which is an apple. So <laughs> I went out and got the ingredients, most of which I had, whipped up a, you know, batch, a small batch of uh, apple pecan pancakes, Put a little vanilla syrup on top. Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just you, you built it up so much. That's why. I think so. Yeah, I was expecting like a party in my mouth, and instead, and I you got were the like, only one that was going to be invited. Instead, I got cloudy day diversions in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got, Bart, got you got Bart's party. Yes, <laughs> I got mouth Ralph just running around duck 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 and, <laughs> and Millhouse with uh, with measles. Yeah. <laughs> I really got Martin just drawing a picture of Canadian President. This Louis case Saint is Laurent. rusty at best. 
<laughs> Sorry, let's continue. Pancakes. Uh, but I uh, love the pancakes. He's now watching TV with Homer, opening up the bottles with his teeth. And Marge says, doesn't that hurt? Ah, my teeth hurt all the time. I just think of motorcycles. So Marge suggests they go to Dr. Shapiro. What's next? The lawyer for your hair? It makes Marge <laughs> chuckle. Then Bart overhears Nelson singing. Is the song called Papa Can You Hear Me? Is that what it's called? Indeed. I believe it's from the Barbara Streisand film Yentl. Papa, can you hear me? Papa, can you see me? Papa, can you find me in the night? Papa, are you near me? Papa, can you hear me? Papa, can you help me not be frightened? Looking at the skies, I seem to see a million eyes. Which ones are yours? I gotta do something about him. Huh? After he hears Nelson sing the song, he goes and he overhears Lisa in the kitchen and she goes crazy. Another thing here, this besides the carrot, this is what it's like. Because I specifically remember that my auntie used to work at Baker's Delight. She'd occasionally give us the leftovers at the end of the day. Whatever they couldn't sell, they usually give it to the farmers who give it to the animals or whatever. But my auntie would say, here, take what you want. I'd get like the the, uh, the white chocolate and berry scones, right? Delicious, right? They're nice. I used to look at it and go, all right, maybe I'll just have like a little fraction of that bit of chocolate just to, just to see what it's like. And I'd eat it and go... Well, a little bit, a little bit more wouldn't hurt me. I'd, 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 I'd keep pick at it, and all of a sudden, I'd see that half the scum was gone. I'm like, "Quick, go, throw it all up, throw it all up." Oh. That, that's what that's what my life was like, right? So, seeing Lisa go to the um to the icing, I'm like, "This is spot on what it is like." Mm. Like, I was really, really impressed with how they um they really nailed it. But anyway, so Lisa goes crazy, making cake angels in the cake, and as as Bart says, "Well, at least she's not singing Streisand." Nelson walks in, sees Lisa laying on the on the table in the cake. Still insecure about your body? Yeah, I like that Nelson and Lisa have always had this relationship, even though, you know, because they were dating back in season eight. Yeah. Since then, they've always had that bond where it's just like, hey, Lisa, like it's like they're, they're still friends, which I appreciated. And um, yeah, she says she's still insecure. And he says he once had a sister. He thinks she's dead now, but she had the same problem, so he knows how to fix it. <laughs> Go to school the next day, and uh, Sherry and Terry are reading first slash second born twin magazines. And <laughs> Nelson comes up. Offers him cookies, but it turns out he's just going to skunk them. Indeed. Well, stolen cookies, the best kind. Mm, the best kind, the dangerous kind. But yeah, they get skunked and the skunk chases after him. Lisa's very thankful and they arrive home and Nelson's dad is there. And he explains how he never meant to leave. I never meant to leave you, Nelson, but uh, something awful happened when I went to the store. Well, that explains a lot. Who's hungry? No, I want to hear what happened at the store. Well, I went in to buy cigarettes. Could you get perhaps them please there for my son? I also bought myself a candy bar, which uh, unfortunately was filled with peanuts, to which I am allergic. I ran outside just as a circus was rolling into town. And that's where I found him. I brought him back here so he could take Nelson away and my bruises would heal. I want to give you a home again, son. And so do I. Mom! I got an acting job from the third director I slept with. I play Lady Macbeth. 
don't have to take my top off, but I do anyway. But I love that, yeah. They explain that he's been away for so long because yes. they keep throwing peanuts exactly. at him. Exactly. I was going to say, like, they say this is why he had never got better because they kept throwing fucking peanuts at him. And um and Bart, uh, the only thing I didn't get was that, and Bart's like, and that's where I found him. Like, what the fuck was Bart doing at the circus dressed like this? What? what? Anyway, it doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. So Nelson says, thanks, Marge, for making me feel better about myself. But unfortunately, he's still going to beat up Bart because he wishes it was that simple. He could stop mm. beating him up, but he can't do it. He wishes. <laughs> Lisa then explains that uh, the issue is open-ended with her. You know, she's she's finding ways to deal with it, but um, it's always going to be there for now anyway. And Homer's like, not satisfied with this. I want a conclusion. You know? And it's kind of like, I like that too because it's the aspect of people who aren't going through it. They A lot of them don't understand. If you've ever been yeah. through it, you can't truly understand it. So I'll say, you're not fat. What are you doing? Just don't eat it. I'll like, just eat that meal. You'll be fine. It's like, I want to eat it, but my brain's mm. telling me that I can't. Like, So I, I like that Homer is the people who just tell you to get better when yeah. you can't just get better. So I really like that as well. But yeah, it was just nice that Nelson, the character, has a home to go home to now. Uh, a nice family unit. Indeed. Yeah. A yeah. really, really enjoyable episode. As I said, hard to find fault with this one. It really is. I can't find a single fault. Like, there's a couple of moments where you kind of go, eh, but they're not faults. They're just... Yeah, it's like, eh, it could have been better, but, you know, not bad. Yeah. What do we learn, Palmer? Alrighty, so what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? Uh, that the relationship between uh, American President uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower and uh, Canadian Prime Minister Louis Saint Laurent was frosty at best. It surely was. I learned that when you're a kid, you can bargain with your parents. You can say, I'm either going to eat my vegetables or brush my teeth. You decide. From this day forward, your name shall be... Alright, it is now time for the Guy Davis New Name Championship for Season 16. We're up to Round 3. The current leaderboard stands at this... In third position, we have nobody because we have so many people on tie for <laughs> second position. So everyone here on two points in second, we have Fergus Jeffs, Philip J. Hawkins, and Adam Vergona. And in first position, we have a tie with Brian Hughes and D.L. Gorman, both on three points. All right, Mr. Davis, hit me. What have we got this week? I've got, as we should, we always say, probably don't need to say it anymore, but guy goes in blind. He doesn't know who uh, has actually written in these names. We, he guy asked for it in the, in the Patreon group. I then copy them all, send them to him with no names, and he decides. So go ahead. What do we got? That is correct, Endo. Okay. One point goes to The Munsters. The Munsters, which is apparently getting a movie soon by... Directed by Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie. And people have been scathing of the trailer. True. Yeah. I mean, apparently it looks very, very cheap, but then he made it for very, very cheap. Okay. You know, and it's a, I don't know, I think it's a bit of an interesting swerve for Rob Zombie, who is just one of the most bloodthirsty horror movie directors out there, for him to do a PG, seemingly loving tribute to one of his favourite TV shows. Well, always keep him guessing, Rob. can honestly say I've never seen an episode of The Monsters, but I've heard there's an, a great show, an amazing show. It's, it's fun enough, I guess. It's fun enough, yeah. okay. Yep, so one point, <laughs> one point, the Munsters, that was Philip J. Hawkins. Well done, Philip. That puts him now on three points. There we go, Hawk. Two points goes to... Now, there are a few that's, that just had the first four words, but there's one that went a little, a little extra. So we're going to give them two points. Months Upon a Time in Springfield. Months Upon a Time in Springfield is very good. And it's important there that you did say they, because it's one D.L. Gorman. D.L. Gorman! D.L. now has two points, which puts them on five points. Now in first position. Well done, D.L. Holy moly. Holy All right, moly. three points. Mm. <laughs> it, it's simple. It's straightforward. It, it's the winner. It's 
Ha ha land. Oh, that ha is, ha land. That is awesome. And that is a newbie to the leaderboard this year, or this season, is Mr. Alistair Danik. Alistair. Well done, Alistair. You're now on the leaderboard with three points. All right, so that leaves the leaderboard standing at this in third position, both on two points, Fergus Jeffs and Adam Vergona. In second position, all on three points, Brian Hughes, Philip J. Hawkins, and Alistair Danik. And in first position, outright on five points, D.L. Gorman. All right. All righty. So if you want to be a part of the Guy Davis New Name Championship, just going to be a $1 plus patron at patreon.com slash four finger discount. Get access to the Facebook group and you can contribute to Guy's posts. They post in there each week. All right, Mr. Davis, it's now time for some mailbag. (gasps) Jamil, Jamil is here. Ooh. Alrighty, first question, as always, from Andrew JP. Andrew JP is always straight onto your post. Always the first new name <laughs> is always the first question. Andrew says, what subjects did you excel at during school? And what were your weakest? He says he did well at English, but hated maths. I was really good at English as well. I always smashed English. Uh, maths, I was fine with. I was never any good at accounting. It just wasn't, it just, it just never interested me, accounting. And science, I, just never, I was never interested in science either. I was like, eh, whatever. Mm. Uh, I, I killed it at English. Uh, I was I was pretty good at that. What did I? What was I not good at? Um, Nothing. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I excelled at everything. Uh, art, and particularly like, okay. but more more like the the craft side of art. Like pottery I would love to stuff. be handy, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, and you know my bitty hands. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime was like, oh. Woodwork in, is in particular. Yeah, was I've, the one I've where just I, kind of gone. I'd love to just now that I've got the time to just learn how to build shit. It would be fantastic, wouldn't it? I mean, I'd, I want to build something and have Nicola go. I'm proud of my husband for building that. Like, like some, there's something in the backyard, like a stool or a seat or something, and she can go. Brendan built that, and I'm like, motherfuckers, that's right. I built that. It's just a fucking box, but I built it. Where well, yeah, I'd love to. I've got two spaces on the side of a fireplace in my house, and I'm yeah. like. I'd love to sort of build some built-in bookshelves for that shit. I got no idea how to do it. I have full faith <laughs> if you watch some YouTube tutorials that you could do it. But then it's a matter of you know splurging on wood and equipment and all that oh, shit. Oh no, well, I'm I, just hearing excuses, Mr. Davis. I'm full of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could go down and see my very, very, very handy brother-in-law Roscoe, who has Roscoe. Got a, what a what a that's a that is a well he he's. He's Ross, but everyone calls him Roscoe. Yeah. Um, that is a man who knows how to handle his lumber. It isn't. <laughs> he's, he has got a shed the size of a small aircraft hangar that they've just built in their, okay. in their backyard. Um, all his tools are perfectly labelled. Everything's in its right place. It's like- Do you feel like a man just by being in there? You, no, I feel like less of a man being in there because I usually <laughs> like, go down- like, like Lisa in the store. He's like, hand me a spanner. You're like- I should know what that is, but I just don't. I just don't. <laughs> Do you have a Peter's head screwed? Do you mean a Phillips head screwed over? That's right. <laughs> no, I'm not that dumb. I, I do know what a Phillips head screwed over is. But I, there are occasions when I've gone down with like some shit that I really should know how to do. And it's like, I'm not exactly sure what to do here, mate. Can you help me out? <laughs> He's like, mate, you're always downloading show. <laughs> you're a- no, I shouldn't say I'm always pirating shows for him to watch. Huh. But... Uh, to rewind that. <laughs> it's, a, it's fine. Everyone does it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Mate, you're all... I like to think I've done my share of like, Roscoe, I think you might like the show. And he invariably did like it. So, yeah. you know, it's, it, you, you play to your strengths. Yeah. <laughs> um, but 
yeah, he has helped me out on more occasions. So I might have to go down one of these days and say, really want to build something? Can you help me build something? Or just, you know, watch as I do it and just go, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That, but uh, that's a roundabout way of saying I suck at woodwork and I was okay at English. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how do we get? Oh, yeah, the question, of course. Uh, my, uh, the next question is from Fergus Jeffs. Fergus says, what are your best and worst experiences at sleepovers? Well, I've discussed the uh, the old nose up the ass crack story. Oh, yeah. Well, nothing beats that. Nothing beats mm-hmm. that. Um, well, best experiences were, you know, everyone just loved having sleepovers in my place because we had the boxes of KFC chicken and chips. That was pretty cool. <laughs> For the worst experience, I don't know. You've got to have... Did you have any sleepovers when you were a kid? Not a whole lot, no. Okay. I mean... Um, I remember we, we hired a movie called Bloodsucking Freaks because it sounded oh, like a really God good horror movie. Have you ever seen that? I don't think I've ever actually seen it. It's but- got Ralphus the little person in it. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah. I don't think Mum realised what she was letting us watch. <laughs> it's it's nasty. It's yeah, what crazy. I have seen of it is like this is sick, man. Yeah, yeah the lovely Louise mentions that on occasion because we've talked about video nice that you know, you know had when you were a teenager, and she said, "Oh, blood sucking freaks," and I'm like, oh, "I don't think I've ever seen it." <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's uh, worth watching just once. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I don't think this was a sleeper, but mm-hmm. we sh- we showed the original Evil Dead at like Tony Smith's fourteenth birthday party. And that movie's that movie's pretty gnarly. Yeah, it's got yeah. And there's a bunch of fourteen year olds watching it. Absolutely scared the bejesus out of a net Tucker. It was it was good times. Funny, you know you know <laughs> you're scared when you've lost your bejeebers. <laughs> Not when the bejeebers. When you scared the bejeebers out of somebody. <laughs> All right, next question, Mark Boston Burgess. Did you ever get abandoned by your parents as a child? <gasps> Where we? He said I used to get dropped off at my grandparents for long summers, but personally loved it, so I was happy being abandoned. My parents never went on holiday, so I was never like left at someone's house for more than like two days. I wasn't abandoned like that, no. But you were abandoned I mean, at boarding school. <laughs> well, I guess. But recently, when I see Mum, she's always well. We sort of be talking about particularly the time we spent in England. You know, I was would have been about nine or ten years old, and I would just leave the leave the house and just go walk around London. You know, ca- catch the tube by myself at ten. Really. Yeah, and, and, what, just, and Bobby know. allowed this. Yeah, Bob and Margaret. Yeah, the, now, well, Margaret's like, what? Why did we do that? Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I want to go out to Charing Cross Road to this comic book shop. And then, and that's where, and that's where you bothered Obi Wan Kenobi. Pretty much. <laughs> no, decided not to bother Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Probably one of the best decisions I've made. Imagine if I'd gone up to Obi Wan. He's like. <laughs> Fuck off, you small child. He <laughs> 100% would have been something like that. But what would, do you think you would have done if you walked up to him he w- and he said, I am not the Jedi you're looking for? Or something like, something like, like uh, as, if, as if to say, I know what you're doing. Here's a Star Wars reference for you. Like, do you think that would have just made your life? Would have pissed pants. <laughs> <laughs> I, think it, I think life couldn't get any better, right? <laughs> yeah. There's a great little uh, anecdote that I read recently about, you know, some kid saying, Oh, I remember one day I was on holidays and, you know, it was a shitty day and we were down by the seaside, but it was raining and my folks had had an argument and I was just angry and I was crying my eyes out and some guy came up to me and said, oh, what's wrong? And then he came back with a bunch of little um, action figures that, you know, he, he bought like a box of cereal or something and got the toys out of them and gave them to me. Gave them to me. Yeah. And my mum said like 10 years later, you know that was Peter Cushing, Grand Moff Tarkin from Star Wars. Get the fuck out! Yeah, apparently he was the sweetest man alive. You will. I have heard that. Yeah. Yeah, there are. You know, I'm sure everyone, every Hollywood star has got skeletons in the closet or 
you know, one bad thing on their on their rap sheet. Peter Cushing, apparently the sweetest man alive. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm glad I didn't uh, go up to Alec Guinness and say, mm. <laughs> you know, do the- <laughs> what do you say to him? It's just yeah. I, I loved you in A New Hope. <laughs> <laughs> I loved you in Bridge on the River Quiet. You know, he was, he, was in a, he, he was in a shit ton of other movies. Of course he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a really good interview with him with, I believe it might be Parkinson. I can't remember. With him discussing Star Wars. It's on YouTube. It's really worth watching. You can tell okay. that he didn't hate Star Wars. But you can tell he was, you know why? Because yeah. it's, it's him telling the story of how he made a lot of money from it. And it's just, oh, yeah. when they ask him about him getting a percentage, he's just like... He has that big smirk on his face. It's like, yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> it's the one thing I love I, I love about English actors. You know, some will take it very, very seriously. And then you have guys like Michael Caine, who's like, yeah, I've, says, never, yeah. I've never seen Jewels of Revenge, mm. but I have seen the house that it bought, and it's really nice. <laughs> yeah, it's great, isn't it? I love that quote. Sorry, that, that's a dreadful Michael. I, I, I tried to do a Michael Caine, and I, I, I messed it all up. That was, I'm, worse, I'm, than the I'm first one. That was worse than the first one. I'm sorry, Master Bruce. <laughs> I think the worse, the better, though. Probably. Probably. Um, let's do one more question because it okay. is getting late and kids are crying and wives are crying and I've got COVID. <laughs> stop. Stop podcasting, Dando, for the love of God. <laughs> I can't. Uh, final question. Glenn Gomez. What schoolyard games did you guys have back at school? We just kicked the footy. It was just every, every recess at primary school kicking the footy. What about you? I'm trying to remember if it was called down ball or just handball. No, down ball. Well, with the squares, yeah? Handball's at the wall. Yeah, well, it was a combination then. Oh, no, we never had the wall. We just had the, the, the six squares or the, the uh, eight no, squares. No, no, no. Okay, then it wasn't down ball. It was okay. handball. Uh, but it was, there was a, a hall and it had a big brick wall at the end uh, and then there was a little sort of concrete bit next to that. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it was basically, there were like three squares. I can't remember the exact rules, but- Everybody played it every lunchtime and recess. This is when we were in grade six and we had proximity to it. You couldn't do it if you were in grade five. No, you had to be fuck, the, the top dogs. Fuck off, grade fivers. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is for the big kids. <laughs> we did it in year 12. Like year 12 at high school. You know, at high school, you all have your groups. You know, you've got your cool kids, your sporty kids, your nerdy kids, your library kids, whatever, right? But down and, the ball, dando, and the dando game. The dando game. Well, I just went from, I was, I was the, the whore of, of high school. I just went out from group to group. But <laughs> down ball united us all. Where it got to the point where, because you, you'd go out, if you're in the last square, because the way it used to work is you work your way up to the king spot. So if you got a point, you'd, mm. you'd go up. So if, someone go, so if someone went out ahead of you, you'd move up. But if you went out, you'd have to go back to the end of the line. But it got to the point where the line was just so fucking long because everyone... Yeah. Was, was just United playing this down ball game where it was just like, you know, <laughs> friends and foe working together here to the point where we had to actually ask the school to install three more down ball courts so that we could all keep games going. <laughs> so they, they painted one more uh, down ball court next to it. So we just had two games going. It was great. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right. It's amazing how in- ingenious you could be with just like a tennis, a tennis ball. ball and some space. And some space, yep, yep. All right. So that is our mailbag for Sleeping with the Enemy. Hope you guys enjoyed our review. Another great episode from season 16. Season 16, you are a delight so far, I shall say. You are, as I say, crushing it. Yeah. I The last, and I've watched like the first five episodes of season 16 so far. They're all winners. Uh, I think they're, they're, I'm really impressed with this season. I can't, can't stress that enough. But the next episode is called She Used to Be My Girl, starring one Kim Cattrall of Sex and the City fame. Ooh. 
as a former friend of Marge Simpson from back in their high school days. So Ooh, that is interesting. The, yeah, that is the next episode of Four Finger Discount. She used to be my girl. This has been Sleeping With The Enemy. Don't forget, guys, uh, if you already have supporting us, big th- uh, thumbs up to you guys. Thank you for your support. Don't forget, please also continue to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you do find this podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on future videos. Yeah, guys, just giving you a wave there. I'll give you a wave <laughs> as well. Uh, thank you to everyone who's subscribed uh, this week so far. And thank you to everyone who has supported us on Patreon. That is what's going to keep me out of a job by making this a job. Uh, so I said, <laughs> I've quit my job to make this my job. And I believe in us, Mr. Davis, we can make this happen. I want to quit my job too. <laughs> yes. Don't forget to check out our other podcasts as well. You know, going down to South Park, talking Seinfeld. I do the one about friends of Nicola, which, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've done an episode. But Nicola, she's feeling better now. We've... um. We've got the time now for, to be able to do it. So the one about Friends, where Nicola, my wife, and myself, we review every episode of Friends, as well as Tales of Futurama, available exclusively on our Patreon. And the Movie Guys podcast, which is apparently now named Sidetracked, <laughs> is now... Sidetrack? Sidetrack, yes. yes. Let, me, let me know what you think about that, guys. Let us uh, get on the, uh, on the Facebook page and say... No, guy, that sucks. Or, yes, guy, that rocks. But it's going to be Guy and myself reviewing movies of old and new. All Correct. Right. Mr. Davis, this has been our review of Slipping with the Enemy. Thank you, everyone, for your support. Hope you enjoyed it. Next week is She Used to Be My Girl. But for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for those amazing listeners slash viewers out there? Duck, 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 duck,